Diablo Bang. You hurt yourself on the clap? What are you, some yeah. kind of computer kid? <laughs> Injured on the clap. I literally had to wake up early because I had a doctor's appointment this morning, and then like I was just like sleepy time, so I just took a power nap. Yeah. <laughs> She's on that wonder drug. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, how was your uh, How was your night, huh? Hold Did you on. have a good? Did, wait a minute. That was a bit labored. A bit labored. Um, I thought I fumbled, and I was going to carry it through, and then you, you, I got sacked. No, <laughs> no sack, no sack. You, <laughs> you pulled away. I just grabbed your ankle. My night was good. How was your night? Court. Boom. See? Seamless. Seamless. See, look at that. It's not yeah. like it's season two, episode six. Like a pair of jeans without the seams. Like a pair of, <laughs> what are those called? Jingins? Gungans? Jingans. Jingans. Y'all got some jingans on? That, Dude, that, that jingan style. That's the new, sadly, that's the new uh, George Lucas. If he were to still be in charge and still go, and he's like, you didn't like my, what were, were they Gungans? Yeah, they were Gungans. You yeah. don't like my Gungans? Here's some jingans. Just gene people. Den- the denim you people. my Gungans were, oh God, jingans. They can make the JCPenney's run and- <laughs> Two parsecs flat, <laughs> under twenty nine ninety nine, <laughs> and they'll get a pair. They'll get an Arizona long sleeve shirt to boot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, please rise. Be seated. Be seated. Ooh, there we go. For uh, we got a full the load loaded for bear here today. Full cast. Full with us as always is Al Gehring. Hello, Hans K. Frywald. Hello. And as well, sorry, I dropped. Oh my God. You know what? Whew. We haven't done a day one in a while. I know. We're night weirdos. What do you expect? We're night quarters. This is daytime court. Yeah. We got bags under our eyes. We're bloodshot from looking at the moon sun for too long. They. I feel like you got a good look at my goodies in the John. Yeah. They're sending us. Oh God. They're sending us straight through. But. Jesus. Speaking of days, the year was 1984, Thursday, November 8th. Oh, wait. Fuck, I fucked up already. All right, I can go back. (laughs) It was Thursday, under the sign of Scorpio. The U.S. president was Ronald Reagan, a Republican. Famous people born were Kuntal Chandra and Yoko Mitsuya. In that special week of November, people in the U.S. were listening to Caribbean Quinn. Queen. <laughs> no More Love on the Run by Billy Ocean. In the UK, I Feel for You by Shaka Khan was in the top five hits. A Nightmare on Elm Street, directed by a young Wes Craven, was one of the most viewed movies released in 1984, while The Talisman by Stephen King and Peter Straub was one of the best-selling books. On TV, people were watching The Box of Delights, If you liked video games, you were probably playing Clue Clue Land or Enchanted Scepters. But much more happened on that day. Season two. Ashley Van Gehring turned one. Ash Van Gehring turned one. 
and season you wait is it was your birthday november 8th yeah what ash van yeah. Gehring turned one and season two episode six of night court bull gets a kid in which bull takes part in a foster father program in which underprivileged kids get overprivileged fathers <laughs> <laughs> That's a very apt description. <laughs> and Bull adopts Andy, but we soon find out there's something different with Andy. That was paraphrased. but um, Oh, yeah. Yours was better than the, as we come to know, the Amazon description we had. Oh, Jesus. Was just told us what the episode was. Mm. Totally. Totally. But let's tell them. Let's tell our listeners what the episode is. It is better than last week. I'll tell them that. Would you agree right off the bat, all three, one, two, three? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This was just easier to do. I didn't, like, I'm not obsessed with it, but this was like, oh, okay, yeah, all right, I get it. Was it that last- the bar what was so low from last week? Could be. This one wasn't as wonky. No, uh, yeah. Everyone had clear, laid out paths in which they all followed. Yeah, there were clear narratives. Like- I should preface that I just started watching... From the beginning, never seen an episode, but now it's all available. So I'm, I hate to use this word, but binging um, that show Boardwalk Empire. Oh, and yeah, yeah. it's really, 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 really good. Uh, and now I sneak a night court in the middle of it, and it's hard not to see, you know, a little Harry Nucky Anderson or <laughs> Harry Nucky Stone, yes. you know, a little. Uh, uh, Bull as the enforcer, uh, Bull Michael Pitt Shannon. Uh, what is his name in that show? I should know. He's pretty good. Anyways, so I might, I might go into, uh, I might, might slip into some prohibition over here. Everybody's corrupt, so fine. to speak. But we already knew that. Um, all right. You know where we, uh, we're, st- we start, we start on the run. We start on the yeah. walk with Dan Fielding. Oh, just chasing a babe down. It's like a fox hunt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's just uh, he's just after this 80s babe blondie lady. Blonde blue blouse. She's just walking, and he's like, how about, how about, what, he goes like, Friday. Friday. And she's like, I'm going to a basketball game. Saturday. I got a hockey game. And then he, he kind of gives up. Yeah. And then she's like, goes, but Sunday, I may be free. But I really want to see the net, the the Jets, 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 Jets. She was like, "But I really want to see the Jets game." So she's giving she's giving old Dan Fielding the Lucy. Hey, Daddy, give me a dress, mm-hmm. Daddy. Give me Jets tickets, Daddy. Because as we come to find out, she doesn't have tickets for any of these. She. Seemingly is getting them from people. Oh yeah, definitely. Using her feminine wiles. Ooh, are, should shall we judge her for that or no? Um, no. Ticket shaming. Ticket shaming. I I will say. Oh Lord, it's gonna storm. I I'll say like it was annoying, mm-hmm. but impact female. I, there's so many feminist topics we need to cover in this episode. This was I the know. Least I was of like, of concerns. course. This was like, folded into the narrative of this episode. Yeah, like, I I honestly do think, like, hey, if you got it, flaunt it. And if she's doing all of this to people like Dan, who are just, you know, looking for 
not really a romantic conversation, then by all means, use them for a ticket. Like, he's using you for something. I think it's a literal tit for tat. Yeah. Uh, Wait, I, I, I heard you guys say something. Are you saying you have issues with some uh, gender conversation in this episode? I mean, I don't live in Chairman Mao's 1950s <laughs> China. <laughs> That's oh, what you're talking about. So you you agree that, or you disagree that all uh, uh, families should abort potential female children in lieu of the fat fact, sons yeah, that they're useless. Given, given the fact that I am 33 weeks pregnant with a female, <laughs> man, I wish it was a fat little son. I was getting fucking heated. I was yeah. like, I was like earmuffing my stomach. Like, don't listen to this, Harvey. <laughs> Feedball stuff. Feedball stuff. So. But Dan, you're right, is it's two louses lousing each other. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. I think they make her look a little bit trashier, but at the same time, I think she stands up to Dan and they make him look a little bit buffoonish too. So yeah. I think on the writer's side, they even it out that they don't make her look no, bad. No, totally. They just went with a classic caricature of a like... New York lady, like they're real. It's they're re- they're real people who just you know like to get taken out on dates. They don't necessarily like aren't like quid pro quo. Like you buy me this ticket, I'll have sex with you. It's possible. I will say what the I fun think in the chase. What I think is interesting, and I am absolutely assuming that they did this on purpose, is that how bizarre and ironic that in this episode. It, we are now speaking about a female mm-hmm. who loves football. Why is that ironic? Because of the comment that happens later with Bull and the oh, football. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't put that together. Of course. That is that is well done. Well played. I was just going to ask, how do you think Dan Fielding would fare at a Jets game? That's where my idiot head goes. Uh, punched right in the fucking chest. Oh schnoz. my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They'd eat him alive. What do you think what do you think he tries to order at a Jets game? Oh yeah, I don't I uh, would Manhattan? say like from from the guy yeah. that's the I was just gonna say from the guy that's like walking up and down with just like, you know, the cracker jacks and the cotton candy and the popcorn. He'd be like a good sir and like I don't know what would be the edamame in the eighties. But, yeah, but it'd be like an edamame right. and a Glenlivet. Yeah. Like. Which you probably can get at Jet Stadium. Oh, now you Jet can Stadium. probably. I, I know you guys uh, have some ins with the Yankees and you would often go and sit in like the, you know, you like have amazing seats and hang out. And I don't know if this was offered to you, but I'm assuming so. You know, you just you kind of sat and enjoyed a game with some luxuries i ended up with amazing Mm -hmm. yankee tickets one time and they were they were they were not in a box but they were in a stand in in the stands but only a couple rows behind um home plate and in that you have access to more things than you would in in traditional seating and one of them was scotch and the tickets like had offered open bar and i'll just say flat out you just don't need scotch at a baseball no. game. You well, don't yeah, need it. It's seriously like it's Ooh. one of those very bizarre things. Like when we were in the box, they had an open bar. Yeah. There was no beer, nary a beer no. to be found. Not in a can, 
not on draft, not anywhere. So you were drinking wine, yeah, straight liquor, or a cocktail. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And it was the most bizarre experience because you're like, I don't want this right now. Like, it's like the scene in one of, it's like in Total Recall. Like, the one time we went, we had our like awesome shitty tickets out in left field. It was like, raining. Upper, upper deck. And we got our like hot dogs and our beers. And we had just got seated. And then Ashley got the thing. It was like, hey, we have room. Would you like to come to, to this box? And we were yeah. like, it looks like it's going to rain. We might as well. And it was a Boston Yankees game, so it was going to be a good game. Yeah, sure. we only had one poncho between us, and it was definitely starting to rain. So we're making our way from the upper level down through the dregs, yeah. and we get to the like super exclusive doorway up to the pleasure barge, and we had just bought these two giant $7 Heinekens, and there's like a guy in a suit, you know, he's the security guy, he's standing there by this elevator- and it says no outside drinks, so we're like, oh, fuck. oh. Well, we paid 14 bucks for these drinks. Of course. So we scurried over to the trash can, and then both were just like, <laughs> <laughs> tried what? to drink these beers as fast as possible. And the guy just goes, <clears throat> we're like, mm -hmm, like wiping our chins. <laughs> He's like, just throw those away, because once you walk past here, everything is free whatever you want like he just didn't want to see these two louses chug <laughs> chug bathroom he felt so brew. bad for us because we look i mean it was it was painful because it's also a heineken like that's kind of carbonated we got our custom cups yeah you don't need yeah, to we, we I, kept the cups of course you kept the cups <laughs> you gotta keep we're, do we're drinking out of we both are drinking out of clippers cups right now yeah yeah i'm drinking this cup is nine years old and it came, it wasn't even from a baseball game. It came with like a lime Ricky at a soda fountain. It's a good cup. You know, fancy people buying cups. You drink out, I drink out of like to-go soup containers before I buy a goddamn another cup. And that's saving the environment. Even if oh, yeah. he's like, everything you can bring back here is free. It's like, well, then you turn around. Since we discussed you like we're two rats yeah. from an American <laughs> tale. All right. We're just going to suck our beers down. But uh, yeah. So yeah. It's just like, you know, just, you know, don't hurt yourselves. Like you can get another one. Sure. Yeah. But I then mean, honestly, fair. we got up to the box and there was no fucking beer for the rest R of the night. Right. Like, Are you kidding? And I said something like as I made a joke because there was not a beer or a hot dog oh, yeah. to be found. Like sushi, sushi roll, California. Yeah, there rolls. was Gross. there were there was buffet and like sushi and stuff like that. And I was like, I, there's no hot dogs. So and the, she said it jokingly. Like, I made What's a, a baseball game with no hot dog. I made a joke, and then the next time that we went to the box, they made sure that they had ordered in advance a hot dog machine and that they had a cooler beer, and they would not let it go because Casey and Ashley refuse to come to the box if there's no beer and hot dogs. That's what happens when you let us out of steerage. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. gotta keep us down there shoveling coal. Otherwise, <laughs> we're gonna... Where's the hamburgers? Didn't you go after uh, Yogi Barrow like you were Preston Brooks with a zinc-tipped cane? <laughs> <laughs> you left this cane in the in the bathroom. How weird is that? Did you give him... Did you interact with him directly? Like, Mr. Barrow, here's your cane? I just was like, I, I, yeah, I think you left your cane in the bathroom. Was he a good guy? And by that, did I mean, did he just say thank you? He cracked me on the top of the noggin with it. 
that's such an dude. I don't think Yogi Bear is alive anymore. Actually, I don't know. He may have. Yeah, he may have. He passed. may have since passed. But uh, that's interesting. It's a very old Yogi Bear is like very old. Uh, I, all right, I got to get out of uh, 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 Atlantic City world because like that, that's the idea. Of course, <laughs> Yogi Bear still has. Was it a very like intricate oldie looking cane? With did it have like a goldie knob or was he? Was it one of those canes with the four feet on the bottom? No, no, it was like a legit, like opulent cane. It nice. wasn't just like I bought it at the the Rite Aid. Yeah, because I have a bunion. Like it's like proper. Like <laughs> he may have needed the cane, but it's more like the man deserves a cane. Yeah, he's he's it's, it's, it's yeah. a noble piece of artwork. Yeah, he probably didn't need it. If he was old then if he was able to walk out of and let me just point out how incredibly off track we are. He might have, he must not need it of it that bad, but at the same time I'm surprised he didn't need it that bad because if um Major League is to tell me anything, a catcher's <laughs> a catcher's knees turns to Art. dust. Yeah. <laughs> it's just two rusty tuna cans grinding on each other in there. Uh, who's that tom scarrett is he the catcher Behringer. oh bear i always get scarrett and behringer mixed up and i think about that more than a man should <laughs> i was like you know why do i always get behringer and scarrett mixed up anyways so dan wouldn't fare well at a jets game but he would fare no. well roofing his jets compatriot and putting her in front of a fire and roasting things mm, that yeah dan again Again, that proves I think he's not. He puts on that Lothario facade, but he may be an awkward lay. See, I like this this episode in terms of that because yeah. Dan is definitely just like way too needy for it oh, in oh, this yeah. episode. Yeah. Like, like which I I like. Like it gives the non Lothario like less creepy and more just like. Oh shucks, pathetic. He's just like, aspect yeah. of it of a his you know desperate. Like, this episode, he's just a desperate nerd. Is it because yeah, he's so, too nerdy for? Not that this is a nerdy or non nerdy thing. Is he too good for for the old ladies of the night? Is he just too good? Is that what makes him so desperate? Because he's not necessarily the most moral guy. No. He what I think his ideal job would be is like being a. A crooked lawyer for Bear Stearns. Yeah. Like, he knows enough to get by, but he doesn't want to, like, prosecute cases. I also think, like, he's kind of like my friends that we just saw recently, like, that I know professionally. Like, they could be really good at their jobs, but if you can get away with not doing a lot, that's your that's going to be your your happy medium in in life like Pre preaching to the choir if, oh yeah i don't know yeah. if he'd work insanely hard and i don't think to, yeah like he's 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 where he is and i also think that dan the one of the lovable things about dan despite all of his character flaws is that it's endearing because if you really ask dan he thinks that he's a swell guy. Like, you yeah. know, like he's got the entire package. Like, I don't think there are, there may be a few insecurities, but I don't think he realizes. No. And I don't think he would do well at like a gala. Like, I don't think he could, he could pick up 
high society. Oh yeah, because he'd bring too much night court slime on with him. Yeah, and he's trying he's too got hard. A little dirt on him. Yeah, yeah. Like you just be yourself, and the people that should be, uh, uh, not attracted in a physical way, but like if you just be yourself, you know, good things will happen. You know, because he has changed from episode one to now. Like he clearly has no qualms like he loves loose women he's not like dan Aykroyd from trading places where he's just silver spoon button up uptight like dan likes being down in the dirt like oh yeah he likes these like he's always he's going after the court reporter ladies but he's still like mm. yeah going afraid of this Go into another show, you can see like Garth Ennis writing his narrative to where what happens when Dan leaves Night Court and it's a real dirty, grimy existence. Like yeah. that only yeah, yeah. Ennis could create. Yeah, he's going to the, he's going to forty second street to like jerk off in a booth for two hours. Yeah, and but like you gotta take it to a different level. Like he doesn't he doesn't jerk off in a booth like because he watches the girls, like Instead, like maybe he, maybe his weird kink is instead of going into the booth, he still goes to that facility, but he pays the jizz mopper to let him do the jizz mopping. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Something you got to take a twist on it. But yeah, uh, yeah. I do feel so I anyway, get us off track. Yeah. Long, long story short, <laughs> Dan's trying to go out with this girl. She's She's got plans all weekend, but she is available on Sunday. Yep. For the If it's the Jets, Jets game. game. Yeah. She wants to go. Dan is like, well, I've got sources. Like, that's no problem. I'll get tickets. And she's like, really? Will you? Because it's been sold out for weeks. And you, I really like the fact that they point out that, like, Dan has no fucking idea. It's been sold out for weeks. Dan's yeah. not paying he attention. Watch football. No. So God he's no. like, trust me, like, I'll get it done. And what we as the audience see, like, to get laid, I will make sure this happens. And she's like, all right, like, we'll, we'll see. So Dan leaves walking mm-hmm. on sunshine. He's euphoric. Gets a bum a shave. Super happy. Yeah. He's just got to get these tickets. He's just got to get these tickets to get some strange. Yeah, he's got a good then, confidence in himself. Yeah. And then we transition to the cafeteria. Do we know what's happened to Bernie yet at this point? Is he rotting under some set of stairs? Do we? Are we going to slowly see that there's some some slinking serial killer walking through the building of Night Court as these characters yeah, slowly start to disappear Bernie, under sets of stairs. Well, how many how many episodes are this is this season? Do we know? It's a lot in compared to the first one. Isn't it like 24 episodes? I okay. Think so, May, yeah. Okay, so we're it's not no Mary close, Hartman, but I was Mary like, Hartman, you know, but... we're also counting down the days where and episodes yeah. that Bernie will be relevant. Right, and maybe he just got another gig, and they're like, we can't pay to have this actor come back just to stand in the well, background. Well, and also like, they have, you know, right. Max new, Billy's new. They're you know doing different storylines to have to have to bring in that interior character. And like, what I've definitely noticed is Selma, she was a larger part of this episode, but they're not using Selma anymore, with the exception of one-liners. Like, yeah, yeah. she's not involved in plot at all anymore. She's reached that yeah, right. whole level of, like, tall talesiness. Yeah, oh, especially in the, yeah, I think, I think that's definitely fair to say You know, like, she was JFK's wet nurse. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> right. And, like, she skinned a bear at the age of three. Like, she's just 
has this Forrest Gumpy sort of, I've done it all, I've seen it all. There's this great patriarch of uh, uh, on Meg's side of the family um, who has lived this amazing life. He was in the Navy forever and just is a wealth of stories. He He's in his 90s. He's, he's, he's up there. But he also has like, for whatever reason, he's, you know, he's a pretty quiet guy. And uh, one night, I believe this was at his 90th birthday, it was a couple years ago. And for whatever reason, he just turned towards me and just opened up. And he was like, back in 1961, I was sitting with JFK and Robert McNamara. And, and then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, somebody else was in the, in the room. They just went, just open your cards. All right. Like, like, was oh, no. trying to rush him. Like, I was no. like, what? And sure enough, like, he got quiet again. I was just like, that's where I feel like a Selma is like, she might just randomly, like, turn to you, lock eye contact. And she was like, Jack Nicholson and I were sitting at an In N Out burger. And it's just like, what? But, no, um, totally. She was just like, this side of 20 years ago, I was at the monkey bar at fucking Frank Sinatra in Hotel Elysee. Yeah, he, he oh. There's a place called the Spicy, the Monkey Bar? No, it's a real place. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Like a cool, yeah. like, swingers place? No, uh, it was where, like, Joe DiMaggio, Marilyn Monroe, Frank Sinatra, like, it's where all those people went. Like, it's one of the restaurants with the famous murals. Oh, cool. Um, On the wall, and then it just became, like, it kept the name, but became, like, a downtrodden, like, steakhouse. Like, the people that owned Michael Jordan's steakhouse owned <laughs> Monkey Bar. And then it became, like, this kind of, like, Changed tiki. Changed to Donkey Bar? Donkey Bar? It became, bar? like, a tiki. <laughs> Michael Jordan. It became yes. a tiki place, and it was, like, cheesy and cheap. It had, like, bamboo. And then uh, it was purchased about... Ooh, seven, eight years ago by Graydon Carter from Vanity Fair, and he gutted it and brought it back oh. to look like exactly what it looked like in the past. So now it's a celebrity hangout again. There's something really gross about Michael. It's very Trumpian, actually, about Michael Jordan. Just like because a lot of rest people get into owning restaurants, but just to name it, Michael call Jordan's it Michael Steakhouse. It sounds like something Dan Fielding might do, though. Yeah. Like Dan Fielding's Steakhouse. It also sounds like something that a lot of idiot New York tourists would go to. Oh, at, like, yes. Marketing sure. wise. We Ugh. should have we should start a night court cafeteria. The challenge. Oh, we should. Yeah, that would potentially not do well. But if it if it hit the right <laughs> yeah, if we open if it in Greenpoint, it, we'll do all right. Yeah. <laughs> if you did it in Greenpoint, you did it as like a pop up. And made it vegan. Like not a permanent. Huh? Made it vegan, but like vegan oh, yeah, cafeteria totally. food, like vegan Jello cups, and I don't know what else was '80s cafeteria. Probably like a stroganoff, something awful. Yeah. Oh yeah. A vegan stroganoff. Yeah. No, I, I was just gonna say it would have to have a hook. Yes. To get people, because cafeteria food isn't that enticing. But if it has a hook and it's it tastes good and it's like you said vegan, That's like all we people ate would in LA. go. It's true. We did eat in basically the. Night court themed restaurants of Los Angeles. What was the? But yeah. Anyway. Yes, huh? we. You're right. We should anyway it. Uh, anyway, we're, pin it. We're pin night court now, restaurant. Yes, <laughs> and now we're in the cafeteria. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and Bull comes in with a young boy, and weirdest 
weirdest thing. Uh, goes to Selma. Selma, this is Andy. He's yeah. my son. Bye now. And leaves. Yeah. But doesn't Selma have a line after that? Selma has a great line, and I missed it. I didn't write it down, but I do you have it? Let me go hang myself in the toilet? No. No, that's, no, later. that's later. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had that. No, that's later. I must later. have written down, so, that down because uh, I was like, what a so weird Sel- response. Selma's at the, the convenience station. Bull goes over, uh-huh. Selma, this is Andy. He's my son. Pause. Bye now. Selma turns to the guy and says, I didn't hear it. I didn't see it. Oh, yes. I, I know nothing yeah. about it, yeah. which uh, that's and that's me paraphrasing. But it's essentially right. that, that does which also made weird... no sense. That feeds yeah, yeah. into perhaps what my wife was talking about. And I'm not on board with it, but she's a bit spicy and she questions yeah. Bull's intentions with little boys. How many episodes is it now in which Bull is pretty insistent? And I don't think it's, I think Bull's a, just a caring individual that needs to give love. Meg Gentle thinks he giant. needs to give something else. <laughs> Pedophilia. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't even want to go down the line. I'm just saying, why would else would Selma say, I didn't see nothing. I didn't hear nothing. I ain't do nothing. I think that's playing into the, the idea of the I joke think of it's... like, he kidnapped this kid. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah I think that she thinks he kidnapped him. I think that's the joke. And then I think because that plays off, then he goes to Mac. Mac has a good And Mac plays it off as like, oh, it's a illegitimate, yeah. you know, it's a bastard child that he just found out about. Because oh, yeah. like, they walk up and, and, you know, Bull does the same thing. Hey, Mac, this is my son. And Mac goes, huh. No, he, Mac goes, oh, get out of here. You have a kid. How yeah. come I just heard about yeah. him? Wink, wink. And... And Bull says, I met him today. For the first time today. And Max says, oh, blast from the past, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Mac, that Mac, he knows the streets. Which, so, yeah. yeah, so you've got Selma who thinks he abducted a child. You've got Mac that thinks that he fathered a child unknowing, oh, unwittingly and yeah. unknowingly. It's um, like, do people not think much of Bull or... They like Bull so much, they're just like, hey, you know what? He's such a good dude. Let him get away with some weird things every now and again. See, <laughs> right, if I yeah. were, and like, I, I don't necessarily, I don't agree. I Not necessarily. I just don't agree with Megan, the pedophilia part. <laughs> but I do think that if I were friends yeah. with Bull, I'd be looking like, hey, dude, you got a thing about kids. Like, like cool it with the kid stuff. Would we've, you do that or would you be like, Bull, you just seem so lonely, man? Like, I would, maybe we should get him a puppy. Like, right. That would be like the, or a I'd conversation. Or i like, like someone else. Like, here's, Hans has too many here's pe- the, what's with yeah. Hans and all the pets? Here's the litmus test for you, young, about to be budding parents. Does Bull babysit your child? No. Really? I don't, I don't know him that well. Well, not after this fucking episode. I've got a daughter. And he didn't make up for it at the end. Oh, all right. All right. No spoilers. We'll get to it. I, I, uh, uh, go, um, so then Bull introduces. Oh, we, oh, Andy. all right. So Andy, we see Andy. And your first yeah. thoughts when you see Andy? Oh, you know, we'll get, we'll get to it. We'll get to it maybe. I recognize Andy. Did you recognize Andy? No, but uh-huh. I thought Andy. I like facial feature wise, like 
yeah, I guess you could say, oh, like that kid's effeminate. But I honestly, with the, the mannerisms and how he was talking, the character Andy, I honestly was just like, it looks like a little old man. Or a little Ralph Macchio. Yes! Well, all right. I don't think it's a spoiler at this point to say that Andy will become... Uh, a girl. We'll find out Andy's. Yeah, a girl. we soon find out that Andy's Full a girl posing. No, stop it. Andy is a girl named Stella posing as a boy. Well, and the thing about Andy, you guys, is one. I thought she did a great job. I really like yeah. how I this actress. And when I tell you who she is, you guys are gonna go, "No shit." I really like, and self aware seems wrong. But and the word smirk seems like I'm being smirky, but she always has like a fun like smile. Not that she's self-aware. Yeah. And I think this is when I tell you who this is, I think it's just her personality is she's just aware that she's acting in like a comedy or just in general. She's in show business and show business is fun and she just can't help but hide like a smile like this is like a crazy reality I'm living in and it's fun. And I just, I, I just get that vibe from her. And I always have the actress's name is Pamela Adlon. She was Louie's wife in the show Louie originally up. that was on HBO. And then, of course, or no, Life with Louie, right? Life with Louie? Yeah, Life with Louie. Yeah. And then, of course, no, Louie's got Louis. Lucky Louie. Thank you. Lucky Louie. Life with Louie. Another great show. Plug it. Louie Anderson cartoon. <laughs> Louie. And then she is a, a, a many times. Potentially, you could call the main love interest that comes in and out of Louis's main show, his most acclaimed show, which is Louis. Yeah, that's Pamela Adlon. No shit. Yeah. Makes you- sense now, yeah. She always has that sort of, like, smirking awareness. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, because uh, I, re- I, and I think I must have looked that up, but I did. I was like, who is this? Uh, this was one of her, like, first gigs. Um, all right. Uh, so... Uh, I, yeah, we I find apologize. out Bull is yep. awarded a kid from the Volunteer Fathers. Finally, of America goes back to like the Finally. second episode of or the first episode of season one. Yeah, so this has been in the background to some extent since season one. Uh, so yeah, he finally is now the like big brother volunteer dad for this poor kid who doesn't have a dad or a father figure. In and they're life. both they they're like geeking out together. Like, yeah. oh man, it was so fun. We went to yeah, the they basketball, basketball court. They yeah. just were like running. I thought Bull didn't play like, basketball. He's too busy he now hounding chicks with that full luscious head of hair. <laughs> yeah, of his. Right. Uh all right. I like this lead in because Billy uh flat out admits like that somebody says something and Bull gives like a, a Pretty creepy laugh, I guess. But Billy's just like, that gives me chills. And I feel that led me into everybody else gives Bull a slide. Everybody else loves Bull. Leave it to Billy to be a fucking crank. Pardon my language. But I'm leading into last episode, Ash. You had mentioned you had some some juice on Billy. Oh, I got some some Ellen Foley juice. Mmm, yum. So... Ellen Foley has literally had a career of being replaced. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel bad for Dawn. Oh, my God. Instantly, just the way you said that, it's going to, I got to change so, my thinking. Go ahead. What she, outside of this one season of Night Court, what she yep. is most famous for 
is providing the backup vocals, the very prominent backup vocals, so almost co-vocals, on Meatloaf's Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Shut up. That voice is hers. That's Ellen Foley. She's the lady? Wait for it. Oh, no. So when you hear that song, she's the lady. But if you've ever Googled that song or watched the video... Only me. That's another lady. Oh, uh, she got vanillied? She got, oh, yeah. Millie she, and vanillied. She was not. <laughs> Billy Vanilli. No one really knows, but she recorded the vocals. They kept her on the vocals, but every time. So Billy's on the radio, but not on the old boob tube. Yep. She's made for radio. Because I looked up the song and I was like, that's not Ellen Foley. And then I did a little bit of digging. And they replaced her for the music video and just had someone else who was also a singer. They didn't get like a model. Yeah. They got like another singer at the time to just fill in. They were like, we like the vocals. Let's not let's not lose that. That burns if you're Ellen Foley. A tiny, wafy little lady. So, I mean, just her compared to big old hulking meatloaf. Yeah, and con- taking the song into oh, context. Oh, but if you look at the video, the the rapey. other the other woman is just no. as. Oh, okay. They didn't like get an equal. No, no, no. So I'm gonna meatloaf. You're gross. We're playing an ad right now, but I'm gonna pull up the song so we can listen just to a snippet. And we I can will listen say fully singing. I one amazing digging. I have three points. One amazing digging. Two from a meatloaf documentary I've seen, and yes, I watched a meatloaf documentary <laughs> ellen foley might have she might have lucked out not having to be around meatloaf any more than she needed to be uh when he was three, crushing 24 packs of natty lights oh my god yeah this is even this is like i i hate to say no like everybody can can redeem themselves but some people and they tend to be rock stars Tend to have drank so much whiskey that they'll never be normal again, even if they're sober for the last 30 years. Just, it does happen. Meatloaf is definitely someone whose brain chemistry has weirded him. Uh, uh, Third thing, because we're talking about uh, off-camera vocals or recording, I forgot to mention this, guys, and and I think it bears, it is another bit of an aha moment. Pamela Adlon, who played... uh, uh, Jimmy Andy Stella slash Stella Andy. is also the bo- voice of Bobby Hill from King of the Hill. Oh no shit! Yeah, that's really funny. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, anyway. Sorry. Okay. Thought so I've got it pulled up. I'm gonna play just a little this bit. This is our Ellen Foley. Of our, Ellen Foley. Our second fiddle. <laughs> oh, this Billy. Oh, there it is. Oh, God, is that Harry? Is that Harry Anderson on the keys? <laughs> oh, that is definitely not Ellen Foley. The music video is Harry St- Stone juggling scarves. and <laughs> the, the best part about the music video is that it's footage of a live performance. Like, that's what it looks like. Like, it's not a produced video. Sure. And there's a model, like, 
It's oh, you just a concert. You have it gone looks like a concert. To central casting and got the an antithesis to Ellen Foley. It's like a, a olive skinned, dark haired, sort of like oh. ethereal, like the- Italian woman. That's a big gig, though. Like that was a bit obviously the huge, not this huge little headstrong song. Irish blonde. Gosh, oh I yeah, it was, I'm going to rip your dick off. It was a huge thing. Um, it's a and twelve they minutes thought, long. Too literally, this is this is from an article, the Ballad of Ellen Foley. Oh no, Did it she says write it? it should it should have made her a superstar, but another woman replaced her in the video, lip syncing to her voice. Foley refused to tour with Meatloaf after that and said, who wants to deal with that? A year later, Foley changed her mind and asked to go on tour, to which he said, no thanks. She got Shelly Longed. She Shelly Longed herself. She did. You can't body shame old meat. So then (laughs) she debuted her own album, Night Out. (gasps) Right? Oh, my God. Produced by Bowie collaborator Mick Ronson, and it was a cult splash in 1979, and she seemed poised for a solo career in the U.S., but even though Rolling Stone reviewed it very well, the album tanked here in America. Oh, boy. I feel like... Wow, that's weird. I, I feel like thinking of like TV. It's like they cast Britney Spears on Home Improvement. Yeah, exactly. And I I keep picturing uh, what's that movie? I picture Ellen Foley now, like sitting in front of a mirror and like a gaudy teal robe. Like I'm ready for my close up. Oh, Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm picturing uh, if somebody can edit Ellen Foley into Sunset Boulevard. Oh, poor Ellen. So then. Oh, great. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. She, she works on a second album, which is now produced by her at-the-time boyfriend, Mick Jones, of The Clash. Oh, jeez. I thought you- so this woman is, she's in it. Talented, yeah. Yep. And it tanked. Foley and Jones's relationship tanked soon after. From that, Jones got the biggest dividend. He got the worldwide hit, Should I Stay or Should I Go? Oh, oh my God. She has quoted, she has said, I should have dated Joe Strummer, laments Foley. It was one of the songs that didn't make it to the album, and he took it. But he wrote it, correct? Yeah. Well. But for her, for that second album. Kind of sounds a bit like... uh, Oh, no, no, no. It's, she's not, I'm not saying she's getting screwed over, but literally. Then. Oh, no. <laughs> we're brought, we're, no, we're brought to Night Court. She was cast as public defender for the second season of the top 10 NBC sitcom Night Court, only to disappear without, after a year. She, this is a quote from Ellen Foley. Oh, I was fired, man explanation point got bumped for marky post beats me i don't know why we've already discussed a few reasons why maybe yep i think ellen might be our first guest i go she looks like she wants to get off some steam it continues (laughs) oh god so she was she the was she supposed to be the binford girl (laughs) and moved in with new york she was chosen 
to originate the role of the witch in Into the Woods in 1987. Now, Into the Woods is a hugely famous musical. And if we are familiar with the history of that musical, you're going to know what comes next. She was replaced by Bernadette Peters after two performances. Christ. (laughs) That was Stephen Soundheim, right? This is not funny. I'm not laughing. I'm just like, if I don't laugh... Oh God! No, it's it's making me queasy because so, I've had the like smallest moments Anderson where I'm movie. like, that could have been me, tiny. Now, now Foley teaches at the Paul Green School of Rock Music, the basis of the School of Rock movie and musical. She says, I'm the elder statesman. I'm getting these kids ready for real performance and not fucking around. I teach kids technique and attitude. Attitude is so important. Um, I'm not big on that quote, attitude, save it. So is the claim there that she's Jack Black? She is Jack Black, yeah. Oh my God, what's fucking next for her? They didn't cast a hot babe who could sing. They cast a fat guy who looks like Meatloaf. I was just going to say, it comes full circle. (laughs) Meatloaf took her gig. So, yeah, that's the ballad of Ellen Foley. Damn, dude. That's uh, amazing. Feel bad for being hard Uh, on her. Amazing. She doesn't write the show, so I got to take it easy on her in the future. Well, but let's be honest. I don't think so. She's a horrible actress. And she might kind of be, well, I don't, I, sh- there could be personality things that are off-putting, right? Sure. Because we make our own way, getting... going back to Dan Fielding, if you are yourself, people will flock to you that are attracted to your personality. If you have a, like a mean-spirited personality, and you know what? That being said, she could have been tainted just from the meatloaf incident and then unable yeah. to shake it. I hope that's not the sure. case, but I could easily see how that could happen to me, how I would be embittered for for a long that time until I got the, the right of Manhattan on yes, your shoulder. Yes, exactly, exactly. Where's your where's the dip? Um, True, and as we as we've seen with this writers room, they're not the most progressive. Right. Thinking when it comes to females and she gets replaced by just bikini babe Marky Post who seems just very easygoing. And Absolutely. yes, exactly. She's Cur- she- Shelley Long to Kirstie Alley. And what happens? Yeah. I very rarely hear when talking about Cheers, people talk about Shelley Long unless they're talking about how she w- was like a bit demanding. And then next thing you, the next utterance is always Kirstie Alley was one of the guys. She could chill. She could shoot pool, drink brews. Me- means a Sound- lot. Sounds like situations. maybe I-, I have to get to it, but I'm saying when- whenever I tell somebody still about uh, have a good night court, it comes to like that marquee post, man. So, you know, it just comes to just, do you got it or you don't. And Ellen Foley's got it. But maybe she's, she's too a dick. Attitude, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And I, I have to give shout outs to Michael Martin of New York Magazine for that oh, good article one. that I found from Good for Michael Martin. Deep digs. I love it. Get him uh, on Night Court. Yeah, Mike. I'll, I'll make a note. Michael Martin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God he damn. You can write a ballad of uh, Have a Good Night Court when we're replaced by. Um, having a night court or something uh <laughs> the nerdest people 
Let's see. Uh, all right. So now Harry and Billy have approached the table in the cafeteria, mm-hmm. and they they've met Andy. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm gonna keep keep going. Yeah. Um, so basically, <laughs> they're just like, "Oh, we've had so much fun. We're doing this and that." And and Andy goes, and we're still gonna mm-hmm. refer to him as Andy, the young boy, because we haven't found out the, yeah. the kicker yet, the twist. Gender um, norms. Gender norms. And he's like, <laughs> "Can I see your courtroom now, Bull?" Everybody kind of looks, and and Bull was like, "Oh, I may I may have said that it was my courtroom." And Harry was just like, "You do kind of run it," and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So they're nice. gonna go off to see the the courtroom, and Bull's like, "Hit the flight deck!" And Andy mm-hmm. pops on his back, and yeah. they're acting like you know it's an airplane, and so on and so forth. Dan comes in just from having this hallway conversation. Dan's on the road to getting laid. So Dan, in just a cheeky way, like, hey, Bull, you may want to work on getting that growth removed. (laughs) You must be fielding. Oh, they've talked about fielding. Andy, Andy, you must be fielding and fielding. My reputation precedes me. So does your nose. So does your nose. Does he have a big Which nose? Which is way better than keyboard face. Suck it, big nose. Does he have a big nose? No. no. Like, at all. It just... No, but I think, like, as someone with a, maybe not the smallest nose, proportionally on their face, if anybody would say something You're talking about, about your Casey? Nose, that's a... No, I'm talking uh... about me. <laughs> like, that's something that I would just kind of, like, go, like, oh... Like you would just automatically. It's like check. a go-to like. Oh, I am insult because I think it cuts yes. right through you no matter yes. what. You're like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, it's a like- kid thing, and I forget who. I think it's John Mulaney who talks about how you, if you see a group of like teens walking your way, just cross to the other side of the street because they will say exactly what you will hear that will cut you like a knife ash on the same way and it's a kid thing with my nose like my nose is still like uh big but man when i was in seventh grade the proportion was horrendous and for no reason a kid i really like and a guy i really like and it was just like i don't think it was intentional but like he just goes you know it's funny hans all of our noses are normal and yours and he made like a hand gesture of like it goes out and like down anyways and we were like in that was like and i'll never forget that i've never like felt com- like that's all it takes so i get like with like body shaming and somebody that's like a little pudgy or whatever that one like physical characteristic like even in a nice way or like an observational way it can break you the fuck down and by the way so socially for whatever reasons and i think it's anti-semitic and it doesn't matter that we're not jewish for whatever reason the old no i think it was the the nose in in modern times it's like it you're a pariah if you have a big nose and more people have biggins than littleins but agreed i think there was yeah, a time like cutting yeah, I think there was a time, like Greek or Roman time, when like the bigger the nose, the sweeter the blows, baby. But I, no, I could be the wrong. There's statues like they have the like they, there's a, that term like the Roman, Romanesque, yeah, Romanesque nose, like because they have those big, sort of eagle looking noses, eagle beaks. Yeah. No, it's so, crazy. But like, how do you feel we... when you hear eagle beak? <laughs> 
Yeah. It's awful. None of you guys have an eagle beak. <laughs> like, no, but just look at how like that can <laughs> that can cut through you. Uh-huh. Before we watch this episode, what did I do yesterday? Nose job. I was. Yeah. I was no. <laughs> I was researching. You know, like you, the, ba- babies are weird, and they're even weirder when they're when they're born. Like. They can have little patches of dry skin. They can have little birthmarks that'll go away in a day. They can have, you know, gunk on them. They have, you know, they can have a little acne. They're monsters. They can be yes. swollen. Like, the, they're just little babies. So all this stuff. So I was just looking towards everything so I don't see my baby and freak out. Like, what the hell is that? My baby's dying. And I learned, and I didn't know this, I, I did know that your baby from being in the birth canal can develop kind of like a cone head. Yep. It'll go back, but it's just in the birth canal for so long and the skin is so malleable that, you know, it it comes out a little misshapen. Totally fine. What I didn't know is that that can also apply to their noses. Oh, I knew that. Yeah, absolutely. From being in the birth canal for so long, they can come out with like a little smushed nose. And I immediately was like, thank the Lord on high that I read this right now because good Lord... With all of my my personal nose insecurities, if my baby comes out with a little smushy nose, I'm going to flip and I'm going to cry and think like, oh, my God, what did I do to my daughter's genetics? Mm-hmm. Like, And I told Casey, I was like, Casey, you can't make fun of her nose. Like, it may be smushy. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I told like, and I was serious. I was just like, so don't think it's weird yeah. if she comes out with the smushy nose. So literally, and this was way before we, you know, watched this episode. Can you Think please? About it. It's right there on your face. If you want to take out that wheel, go for that axle. Like just whatever you think about yourself, because you're like, oh, I, I don't look so bad. And if someone just like nice, ugly nose, ugly nose, and you're just like, <gasps> everything else just crumbles. Yes, but please give your daughter like uh, one of those World War One creepy tin faces. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so and then we'll, it'll be all good. Uh, well, we're we're rooting for uh, October Friday the thirteenth birthday. Yes, so yes. That Jay can be a little costume. And I hope ribs. I hope it has a cone head too, because then think of all the sketches. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they'll be like, guys, you're just rehashing cone head sketches. Yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> new ones. We'll write new ones. <laughs> I know Casey's gonna bring the podcasting gear into the hospital, and I'm gonna be like, "No, we're not recording sketches right now." This baby is a fountain of jokes. Conehead, tin face, healthy hatred for humanity because she's born on Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, we Jason can do lives. it. She's due the tenth. Where Jason lives? Are we? Oh, now then, then it hits. Um, so the notes. then it hits the intro. Yeah, basically. Yeah. They make the joke. Bull intimidates Dan. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Dan backs up. Dan comes back, and Billy was like, "Do you know what you are?" And Dan goes, "Alive." Alive. Oh, that's right. And then because she's disgusted away. at him. Yeah, credits. Which I like. I think it's really funny that Billy's disgusted with Dan's demeanor because that fucking bitch does nothing but annoy me and get judgy and rude for the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Whatever credits and now we're back in court and dan's still in full cat mode he's in heat but he's hot for mac because mac oh has yeah tickets to the jetsies 
And, Mac, uh, so is Dan Mac a season ticket like, holder? Yeah, oh, yeah. Going way back. Family tickets, it seems. Oh, that's uh, right. So yeah, his grandpa's like, ticket. around. He's like, Mac, I love your sweater. Like, oh, can I get you anything? And Mac's just like, don't beg. And I love Fielding's response because he's like, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. I don't mind begging. Uh, and then uh, we have a, I have my next notes for Selma. Th- and then this is the Selma yes. line. So Dan's yeah. f- catting around Mac. And then Bull is hanging out, hanging over into the gallows where Andy is sitting. And they're yep. like talking and he's like, did you do your homework? I'm on my last page. It's only one page, Andy. Oh, man. I love it when you yell at me. No one yells at me. So they're just like yeah. flirting with each other, basically. They're not, but. <laughs> no, they are. Yes, they're not. But Gotta they, give it to that yes. actress. She's good. She may, g- was giving it that little flirty panache. And it is uh, like one. It is one step away from like, I need a daddy to spank me. I need a good spanking. I need You're a battle of bull one. run. <laughs> so they're having this like cutesy back and forth. And Andy is like, I love having a father figure. Like, I love the structure. I love the little into the S&M, perhaps, Andy. Uh, but then uh, Selma comes over just to, you know, like, because Selma wants to hang out with her bro. Wants yep. to hang out with big, big daddy bull. And he just kind of like poo-poos her off. And it's basically like, he's not his exact line, but he's basically like Selma beat it. Oh, no, he's like, he specifically says verbatim, it's boy talk. To mm. which Selma responds, another fucking chestnut from Selma for the record <laughs> books. Fucking... Oh, it is pretty grim, to which, I sorry, I spoiled it early. <laughs> But let me go hang myself in the let me go hang myself in the toilet. <laughs> Amazing. And it, she has it. She does it in the like, well, excuse me, inflection. It's she so totally good. could have gotten away with that. Like, well, excuse me. But I love that it went to fucking eleven. Like, <laughs> I love that it went too far because I was like, that was a joke we would make, and people would be like, why? It's not Casey, funny that you would just Casey go that laughed. far. And I went like just threw my hands up like what? Well, maybe she's as we always come back to tend to come back to. She's very progressive, so she's saying, "What is it? Because I'm a woman, we're supposed to hang ourselves in toilets." Every instance that has to do with gender, Selma has something to do with a bathroom. <laughs> oh, yeah, punk rock yeah. episode. She was hanging outside the fucking latrines. <laughs> Like betting on who was a man, who was a woman. I think Selma was born a man. He was born Sal. Salma. Salma. Salmo. Salmo. Come on. That's a normal man's name. Come on, Salmo. I'd rather be a woman. That does sound like an old country name. This is your cousin Salmo. Oh God, Salmo's uh, so here! So yeah, <laughs> probably gonna cut himself in the toilet. Uh, then we get our only case of the night, and it's this disheveled old man coming in, saying he 
uh, hates everything about New York City. He hates Central Park. He hates Hubble. the bridges. His last name is Hubble. Hubble. He hates everything about New York City. He's complaining about it. Central Park, you know, basically, fuck it. The bridges, horrendous. The city, hope it burns to the ground. We find out his name's Hubble, and he works for the tourism board. Which and, I like. That's a funny bit. Yeah. That's a funny bit. And, and yeah, continue. Uh, I was just going to say, and he's brought up before the court because we find out he was mugged and, on his way to work. And then when he tried to ask people for help, people refused to help him. So his solution was a spicy one. He but he mugged the Japanese tourists, right? Yes. And then they had the the best is fielding, and it's uh, it's, it's it's a German Day parade. It's a, yeah, he's head of this German Day parade. He's like, yeah, the damages: uh, a bunch of shredded yen, scared people, a dozen or so action-packed photos of the mugging. No, seventy. Seventy. <laughs> so he's making fun of the stereotypical Asian tourist with their camera and their love of taking photographs well and what i was going to comment on and i thought about like obviously that's an offensive joke obviously it would be frowned upon if it happened today but i could still see that joke being written today i think that's one of the stereotypes that still is kind of like allowed if it's, that's even a word, do you know what I'm saying? Obama, yeah, Obama pardoned that stereotype. Uh, yeah, I think it's allowed because pictures. it's like it's the stereotype that the Klan came up with when they were just fucking out of like normal hate. They're like, what about these Japanese? They have cameras. You know, it's like what? It's just Hank, hacky. Hank, it's like, come on! Like, ladies are bad drivers. So are Asian people. You know, it's just a generic. Yeah, I'll also say. Very truthfully, having worked at a hotel in New York City, anytime we had an Asian family check in, it was just so unfortunate. There was always, literally, without fail, a camera around their someone's neck. Spy C. Spy C. Spy C. <laughs> They're supporting local business. I'm sorry that Japan makes a lot of cameras. So I think, yeah, like I think that it also is a cultural thing. Yeah. I, I it has gone by it has I think we're all a little camera obsessed now. It just so happens to be on our phones, and so many of us are taking pictures constantly. But yeah. sadly, myself included, not constantly. But I can fall victim of like, why am I taking a picture? I will never yeah. look at this ever again. I have a million pictures on my phone that I never will touch. That only oh, annoy yeah. me when I try and get to the like four pictures that are worth showing someone, yeah. and I have to scroll through uh, two hundred pictures to get to it. That were all just a compulsion and not like I wasn't really for anything. Yes, exactly. I have uh, pictures. I have many, many, many pictures of my dog taking a shit on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so yeah, that's the case. The Harry, you know, gives him a fine of like five hundred bucks. Uh, it is over uh bull is again talking to to uh andy and my line is we so it has something i just wrote franken bull lifts a volvo oh yeah because uh uh, uh just another return to bull the monster yeah like, exactly like no she goes like it's like bull you know everything 
And then Selma does Selma say something like, "Yeah, and and who else can lift a Volvo if if you're in trouble or something?" Right? No, it's Andy that says Andy it. Says it. Andy's oh. like, "This is when they're actually talking about the oh. math homework." Okay. And they're like, "I wish you were my father." Like, you know, I've never had anybody that says, "Move your butt" or lifts a Volvo for me. Yeah, got it. Makes sense. Yeah. Bull's a barbarian, brother. He and, is, yeah. And then we come to our favorite child of the 80s, back into his playroom, in mm-hmm. his oh, yeah. in his walker. Now, then we see, we cut to Chambers, and Harry Stone is playing with no, a... we go back to the hallway. Oh, okay. And Dan is speaking with the woman... Oh, yeah. That he's trying to get the tickets for. And she's like, have you had any luck? You know, I'm really excited to see this game. And he was just like, not yet. I'm working on it. I'm really close. And she goes, no ticky, no candy. Damn it. Yeah, you're right. right. That's why I have that She reveals he will get sex for these tickets. Is that Japanese spicy again? Well, I think her name is Candy, too. Oh, okay. Candy's so candy. So I think it's a, it's, it's a double, double, double entendre. So she's like, no ticky, no candy. And he's like, enraged. And so he runs into, you know, one of the. The hobo that he got the shave for. Yeah, one of the hobos. And he's just like, hey, you know, why is this happening? And then he realizes. And he's like, sorry, you're marvelous. Don't ever change. I love you. But so we're just wanted yeah. to check in with Dan now he's he's all hands blazing, all hands on deck to get these tickets because yeah. he got to get this candy. He's horny, candy. horny. For, he's dandy for candy. And speaking of who else is dandy for candy, he's dizzy for toys as well. Yes. So Harry has got a model of the Empire State Building, and he's slowly mm-hmm. playing with a like cardboard gorilla. Like this, it's so insane. He's playing with a cardboard model. It's not even like an adult thing where he's putting a puzzle together. He's just no. like, like the way I wish you could go back to play with toys. Like our our buddy Greg Stone genuinely does this, where he puts his action figures in a in different positions and has narrative and speaks out loud to himself as he fights with action figures. As an adult, you tend to lose that yeah. um, that imagination, but. Greg Stone and Harry Stone. Oh my God! <laughs> oh no! I still have it's his it. Son, as uh, as Harry is like joyfully lifting a gorilla up to the top of the Empire State Building, to which uh, Billy comes in and hears the reveal that reveals yep. that he she caught uh, Aunt Andy in the ladies' room, to which Harry John's. In the old John, to which Harry gets a creep smile himself on his face. Winky. And like, yeah, winky, winky. Oh, Andy, a little curious about the opposite sex? To which Billy, yeah. old love by the dashboard lights, says she is the opposite sex. Which, okay, let's take a, a brief pause to talk about that interaction. Yes. Number one, Harry fucking creepy it's not hey 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 because at this point andy's still a boy that's fucking disgusting you're a peeping tom it's gross don't do that and don't give a wink wink nudge nudge you shouldn't do it you actually shouldn't fucking do it but a season ago he was trying to 
fuck some broad on the shitter. I was so just going to say, is there a weird fetish thing? Because I, I am a, a lousy of all louses. come up a lot. But I... But together I, always. Yes. I, uh... I I was never I was never the meatballs or the porkies guy that wanted to get in the ladies room to squiggle or to drill a hole but I had friends that were like it and I'm not saying I'm above sure, them yeah. but I am but there's something especially booger nerdery about wanting to go in the ladies room cuz it's a place of defecation and the yeah. smells are gross on both ends and it's, it's unacceptable but I think Harry Stone is like Treat Williams in that movie where he's a fecal filiac and he likes how squishy it feels between his toes. Um, yeah, so that's number one. Number two, <laughs> moving forward, Billy, Billy's response is she is the opposite sex. Yeah. But yep. in a very harsh, judgmental tone, not like, no, you idiot, you don't get it. Yeah. <clears throat> it's more, in my opinion, the tone is more directed at Andy. Oh, it all is. This from yeah. here on out, she and is the pariah. Very, yes. Yeah. Very judgmental, very manipulative. And I don't know if that was on purpose. And I'm sure it wasn't the gender thing. I'm. I'm sure if it was on purpose that Billy should be annoyed, it's because the kid lied to Bull. But it just makes no sense. It doesn't play out well. And it looks no. like someone's being really mean to a lost girl that's just trying to like have a father figure. Right. Yeah. And she hasn't even expressed that yet. So even if we're going off the assumption that she is a like identifies as a guy... I'm just saying that people were way too disgusted for, like, he wasn't disgusted uh, bull- a boy was in the toilet, but then they're all disgusted that a girl would dress up like a guy to get ahead in life. And I guess, and, and, and it all switches to, like, one, to forget the girl-guy situation, the male-female situation. It's also a kid to an adult situation. She's a young kid, and they're all way, way too concerned about the adult bull's feelings compared yeah. to this, like, really on-the-edge yeah. situation for this girl who has felt, like, totally neglected to the point where she pays a bag lady to play her mother, very Bart Simpson-esque, to, yeah. uh, to pose as her mother so she can get some type of uh, uh, guidance or companionship. But yeah, her, they're, yeah, they're very clicky. They're all looking for Bull. Well, and my other thing is that we'll get to it, but when Bull is overtly rude, when he finds out, no one steps in and says, hey. Is this is a kid. Like, yeah. get, get out of the room. If you're going to speak to someone like that, you need to leave. And... Th- Andy's Andy's explanation for what which comes right away when they're grilling this kid this poor girl is just she's like I wanted one of these fathers these rented dad father guys is that still a thing by the way probably it just you don't hear about it as much anymore I remember you used Uh, to hear about it all the time because it was always a plot in a sitcom I think yeah I think you're right all right sorry Uh, so she says like they don't no one picks girls like i can't get a big brother 
for a, as a girl. Well, so she's I decided not to even talking. She's not even talking about the dads either. She's talking about the organizations. These are all for young boys to get fathers. They don't want girls. Yeah, there's no big sister situation. Right. So she can't have this opportunity to be picked from the get-go. So she decided to, to switch it up. And she says, she obviously feels remorse, like, and she says, I'm really sorry, like, we come back, like, and she's called her mother, she was like, oh, you know, I'll go now, like, I'll mm-hmm. I'll wait for my mom down there, she'll pick me up, it's fine, sorry for the trouble. And like, then, yeah. the plan didn't work, and then, then they're like, well, what about Bull? And she was like, you know, please tell him how 12, sorry huh? I am. Yeah. To and wait, uh yeah. and and then you know they're like you know that's not very nice and selma has the line he'll be crushed he'll be devastated he'll fall on somebody she's looking out which for is, her man i get it but it's the funny. yeah that is funny and she can only hear not to bury the lead so let's get to bull she can only hear this weird deep guttural moan that uh moan, yeah. so the, yeah so selma selma then goes gets up and goes to to not and not Andy now it's Stella mm-hmm. her real name is Stella and says you know you may like him but I love him and let me tell you he has this moan that he does when he's depressed and ev- no one can hear it but I can hear it and I'm not gonna live with that moan for you know for for the next couple days so you sit down and which I like Selma's going you know, no, this was whether regardless of, you know, mm-hmm. why your reasoning behind it, this was a bit of a fib. You need to address it. Yeah. Own up to it. Own up to your mistake. You sit down. She does. Yeah. To which we get our bull and bull gives the horns. So yep. bull is very upset when he finds out. That Andy is Stella to the point of which he runs away. He runs out, yeah. He runs out. And then Harry, how apropos that, as you said, Ash, the beginning starts with a woman liking football. Harry, as the big bug, the child he is, the the big kid, he goes, oh, I know where that big ape is. So Bull goes to the roof, much like King Kong. I want, hold on, I want, before we do that, before we go to that scene, when Bull finds out, he is bringing into Chambers a football for Stella. Yeah. And then he finds out and becomes a fucking male baby. And he goes, here, take it. You can dress it in dolls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Maybe you can make it a doll. Bull's a butthole, isn't he? Bull is a butthole. Bull's a butthole. And when he first comes in, he's like, oh, hey, like, I wish Selma wasn't here because it's still, quote unquote, Andy to him. I wish Selma wasn't here. I've got these gr- this great joke about these three Swedish nurses. In That's a, canoe. a kid. Yeah. And it's like, it's still a fucking child. Who is guy he, Blackie, damn it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this boy's got to grow up. Uh, that's I, so. I, I, I gave Candy the tickets on Andy's behalf. He's getting laid. I guess it's good. Yeah, and, Have and we Bull gone? Also, Bull also says to her, like, oh, so I bet you thought I looked like a pretty good chump. Like, 
here, take the football. Maybe you can dress it up like a doll. No, Bull, you look like a dump. Wait a minute. Is this giving more and more credence to the pedophile thing? Because he expected a little boy? Now he's fucking furious. Oh, my God. No, I think it goes to, like, a horrible, horrible connotation for that girls and boys are so different and can be should should be raised so differently. Yes, and one is way better than and the other. And one's way exactly, one's way better than the other and like that has changed so much but like you also like Hans when you started this this wasn't leave it to beaver. This isn't taking place in the 19 fucking 50s. I literally turned 1 year old when this aired and that's still a common Oh yeah. At that time, that was a very common thing. Like we even I swear to you, we have a friend mm-hmm. that's here in Columbus that is my friend from high school. I grew up with this man. Very, you know, I I know him incredibly well. He's a wonderful guy. He is so nice. He's been so supportive of us throughout mm-hmm. our pregnancy. He himself has two sons. He knows that we are having a daughter. And he literally tells the story about, you know, them being pregnant for the first time and has said in front of me, not even thinking that there's anything wrong with it. Like, I would have gotten pissed if it was a girl. I was like, thank God. Yeah, I've heard I've heard close friends of ours say that, too, with children. I've been like, that's just we have friends weird, that are pre- we have friends that are pregnant right now. They are pregnant with a boy. And before we didn't know we were having a girl yet, but obviously it could have got it's a fifty fifty shot. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about just finding out that they were having a boy, and it was a very like, Ooh. oh well, thank we dodged a bullet because we did not want a girl. The test came back negative for a bullshit girl. Woo! And they asked me, and they were like, you know, do you guys have any idea of what you want? And Casey was like, I just want a healthy baby. And I said, I was like, I don't know. I think a girl would be awesome. And the looks that I got. We're like, I was a fucking alien. It was like you said you want an old big nose. (laughs) So that was the thing. Like, this show is is inverted of the way I thought. Because there was one point when Bull brought the football in. He was like, basically, I'm going to raise this kid. Because of me, this kid's going to go pro at football. It'll be great. Oh, and then Billy says, in Germany, maybe. East Germany. Because that was a big... uh, it's always been be okay to make fun of the Krauts just because they killed about 20 million people in the last century. It's still okay to make fun of the old hairy leg Germans. <laughs> just saying. So it's Japanese like tourists and hairy like, leg Germans. If I had a hypothetical, if I had a son and I had a son who was obsessed with sports, like I'm no good to him for that. Like I didn't drive him to practice, but like I am not sporty. Like I yeah. can, I have other talents that. I would give to all of my children. A lot of big like, league chew. Like, Come on, pop. Let's go. Let's go toss the ball around. Like, I can't help you after the age of like six. Yeah. Because I can't throw straight. Like, I throw like a Don Knotts character. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. It's in the street, son. They're going to need to get a big brother. And it's a good thing those are potentially still available. <laughs> exactly. And it's going to be like the Simpsons episode with you. Where you going, boy? Jerk practice? Yep. Oh, yeah. So, uh, we end up on the roof, because where else would a big ape go but the roof? And Harry heads up there. Sorry, guys, I'm streamlining. Harry gets up to the roof, and we find out, Ash, why, and I think this is justified, 
People don't mm-hmm. want girls because they put big old dopey circles over the eyes. And they can't pee in the snow like other heathens. So, yeah, Bull has his laundry list. They of- go to bathrooms in groups. I my the bathroom in groups. My note for that is Is it okay for Bull to pee with a little boy in snow? That's what I also said to myself. I was like, do you really just if you have a son, do the father and sons just whip their dicks out all the time? Like is that like a bonding thing that you're just like, "Hey boy, get it out." It's like cuz my note was like <laughs> I think Bull that's is an unacceptable like way of bonding, yeah. Huckleberry Finn. Like, the way he views oh, right. the world in women is just like, girls can't drink whiskey and they hate sleeping in gin barrels. Yeah, yeah. Like, he has this weird, like, they sure can't carry a lot of stuff if we kill a deer in the woods. Like, he has this weird, like, It's antiquated, dainty, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's nothing sexual, obviously he's joking, nothing sexualized about it, even though, like, we can dissect all this weird stuff in 2017. But I think you're right on, Case. He wants... Straight up Twain narrative, big big boy and little boy, and like the yeah. adult, the kid makes him more of a kid, and he's the, sling blade. Y- like he yes. wants to just have a good a good friend. Like he's Frankenstein. He wants that little kid companion, right. which in the movie was a girl, and then he murders her. But Harry does, and uh, you know what? Oddly enough. I think I was so focused on this. I know eventually Harry talks him in. No, no, it just ends with kind of up on the roof. I say that scene with Harry kind of being like, didn't you just want somebody to take care of bull? Harry gives a speech of which the gist I wrote down and I was like, yeah, no. And he he just is like, bull, you're being, you're being weird. You're being crazy. He's like, basically he just says, girls get a raw deal just like boys do. Just like boys do. What fucking raw deal does a white male boy get? He trumped it. That's a trump. That's a raspberry. There were there were there were people on both sides. Violent <laughs> protesters on both sides, both boys and girls, raw deals. Horrible. 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 Everyone gets a raw deal. It's terrible. Worst deals. Yeah, you're right. No, I, I'm glad you caught that. Yeah. So he frames it to Bull in that way as like, at the end of the day, all you wanted to do was help a kid who got dealt a rough hand. Like, and there are boys and girls who are the same. So like, why are you being so so weird about it? Like, why are you hung up on just having a boy? Yeah, the sentiment was right. The line was not. No. So I guess... We then cut, so it, it leaves it hanging, and then we cut mm-hmm. to Dan, who's about to pay $1,000 for a, a Windy or a Handy, because this he goes to so Mac, good. and Mac yep. is about to gouge him in only the way we love Mac, and, Mac. and how he can oh. take advantage of a situation. So Mac says, you know what, Dan, I'll sell you the tickets, 1000 bucks." to which that even is. I was like, 1000 bucks in 1984? I was like, 1000 bucks now. Like I'm so That's poor, still a lot. I feel like a thousand dollars would change my life forever. It won't, but you know, <laughs> when you're so poor, you just go like, just give me a hundred dollars, God, and and life will be fine. But a thousand dollars, no, it's when you realize when you're like, I think I overdrafted, and then you check your bank account and you have like twenty three dollars, and you're like, 
I'm the richest person Thank on the face you, of the planet. Jesus. I'm, I'm going to stop by a bodega on the I way home. I was just going to say, you celebrate by buying a slice of pizza, and then you get anxious again. <laughs> like instantly. <laughs> I could have bought a box of pasta. Uh, and then, um, so it's a thousand bucks. So work for inflation, guys. I might not be crazy because the shift has been so big. That could be like $10,000 in 1984. It really could, couldn't it? Yeah, Maybe 5000 It's a crazy, crazy amount. It's a pretty substantial amount of money. But Dan is outlining in his jeans. I don't know if you saw it, but he's got a, he's got a rock hardy, hardy boys. Yeah. So he's got to pay it. He's listening to little Dan. And he signs that he, to, under much duress for himself mentally, the little brain wins out over the big brain. Yep. He signs the check for $1,000, gives it to Mac. He gets the tickets. And then he's like, oh. I also, really quickly, I have the inflation calculator. Nice. That is like today, Dan Payne, $2,383. Oh. Well, I, I was way, way, way off. But yeah, but it that's more, a no, you, lot but for a ticket. You more, it more than doubled the cost. Yeah. $2,000 for a Shitty. Were the Jets good in 1984? That's what I should have looked up. I think so. They've never it's been good. A quarter. It's almost 2,500. That's crazy. With with the with Ticketmaster taxes, you're looking at 2,500 even. You could get an entire row to Hamilton for that. Fake old Hamilton tickets that are printed on the back of saltines. Um, <laughs> the 1984 New York Jets season was seven and nine. Eh, come on, the game wasn't bags. So. He gets ripped off, and then it gets even better as Mac knows he's got him. Mac Black Gestapo's him and gets him the old, you're going to need some binoculars because the the, t- the row is already row 107. He's like, I'll sell you mine for $10, knowing that the only other way is $80. And then $80 a really a sweet line, like Dan begrudgingly does that. And then as he's walking away, he goes, so you're going to take the bus or you want my parking pass? Which is sweet. Yep. So he got Dan Just over a barrel. Milks him. It's so good. Which he knew he was uh, going to do the whole time, right? Yeah. Like, oh, like yeah. Mac had that baby as soon as he saw Dan's desperation. So we go to the courtroom now. Andy's mother shows up. She's the the whole ploy is it, it's all it's all been exposed. She can't yep. believe it. You 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 cut your hair. So we find out she even cut her hair for this situation. She named herself Andy. Was gonna be Opie, but she went with Andy, and they're about to leave. She's, you know, yep. like uh, basically taking her licks, if you will, from these judgmental yep. pricks in night court, and she's gonna go live with the other freaks in the gallows, gallows people and women that are all but freaks. Bull will not let her do that. So Bull comes the on life out. Life of the gallows is not for her. What He's, happens? He tromps into the courtroom and. Shout Stella! To which, Stella! To which move is, your butt! Which is creepy in yeah. another way because I believe yeah. that yeah. line is delivered between a man From and her a lover. husband to a wife. Yeah. yeah. So I, I did feel that when I was like, that's traditionally used when it uh, has to do with a romantic relationship, but I'm going to drop it. I also it. think really, really quickly we do have to bring up the fact that again... We are seeing pop culture references mm-hmm. come in oh, sure. yeah. to this show. Um, that's a very recognizable, mm-hmm. you know, even today. But uh, could you imagine then? 
yeah. uh, reference to the point where I literally thought to myself, I was like, holy shit, those writers named that girl Stella just, just so they joke. could make Absolutely. that joke. Yep. yep. Like, so it's important for them. It, it's now clear that they are yeah. manipulating some things minor. Jokes, it doesn't yeah. matter what the name is. You know, it, it's not they didn't you know warp the plot but to get those pop re- culture references in which i think is pretty interesting absolutely and uh, so- bull apologizes he says he's warped i'm sorry i'm warped and basically says i'm sorry i acted the way i did i was being an egomaniac because all i was thinking about was me like right. how i would live my life with this per with this young boy like how it would it, i would be happy to it's some weird shit like show show him off to all the other single guys <laughs> again yes and he says so it doesn't matter <laughs> that is weird he's like it doesn't matter it's even more i would weird now because of meg's theory yeah <laughs> i would it's uh looking more and more like requiem for a dream and less and less like Night court i have season a dream two. yeah that i will absolutely. have a, a father that cares ass for me to ass. Uh, that's the name of the episode (laughs) it's ass comma ass to ass boys girl or toad because that's what paul says i would i wouldn't care if you were right he the fucking toad thank god selma gets him for that i like that i like that joke from Selma. i think it's actually cute uh, of how uncute we've characterized this episode yeah but she's like so I, he I, apologizes to yeah. her like I would. I just want to care for something, boy, girl, even a toad. Yeah, no, he just says boy, girl, or toad. Like it, just like they're all equal. And so he hugs. They they hug, and Soma goes, "If he hadn't have said toad, I'd be in tears." Yeah, I thought that was. I thought because even it was so out of like the the toad line. I was like, that's so crazy. Um. Then, so we, we've concluded essentially yeah. the main narrative, and it comes to my favorite delivery and joke, maybe. Um, yeah. So we, we Dan oh, finds yeah. this sports nut in the hallway, the woman mm-hmm. he's been pining for, and he's spent over $1,000 on. <laughs> and she, he goes, I've got good news. And she goes, I have good news. My brother knows somebody in the organization, and they got us field passes. And he goes, no, just me. Got no, her for got her. Yeah, yeah got Not her. Not nothing yeah. for Dan. <laughs> he goes, I'm going to go beat myself in the head with a shovel. <laughs> and just walks away. I'm going to beat myself bloody oh. with a shovel. <laughs> bloody. It's so, and then he just storms out, right? It's like, and yep. like, no, it was, I thought that was so good in his face. Oh my he God. It. He just did it <laughs> perfectly. I did not see it coming. I was dying. That and was cold, yeah. coldy taggy, right? We, we coldy. We go back into chambers. What better place to end it than the whole group of gender bigots sitting around yeah. playing some cards? Not Mac. We forgot one funny Mac joke. It gave me a chuckle after Bull, Bull stormed out. Mac came in, kind of just oh. as he has done this entire season, just to get the lay of the land and basically to make sure this court is actually a functioning court and right. not just a nut house. So he comes in and he's kind of basically like, what's going on? And then I think it's Billy says uh, something to the effect of one of them is not. Oh, yeah. Uh, gen- something to do with gender. Uh, oh, gender no. swap. There's there's just been gen- some gender confusion. And he looks at Selma. He looks at Billy and he looks at Andy and just goes over to Harry and goes, which one? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. 
gender <laughs> norms. Was funny. And I was like, if these these hags are cracking down on everybody, and I was like, you both have short hair. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that is that's great. How did I miss that? Or maybe I have gender norms written down here, so I guess. Somehow I was trying to be maybe smarter than I think I am. Yeah, it was like someone goes, there's been a change of gender in the room. And he just, which one? That's good. It's a bit, it's like, it's kind of in like a hush, right? Right. Yeah. So So they're all all playing poker. Yep. Yep. Back in the chambers. They're all playing poker. The camera starts off on a, I think it pretty much just remains on old Haggerty Dan. Screw, no, it starts with old. Scrooge Mc uh, Scrooge McStone pulling a giant pile of poker chips over to him like a little greedy Schmeagel, oh. just laughing. Of and course. then the camera cuts. He's a cheater. Fielding. He knows how to cheat with cards, doesn't he? Oh yeah, no shit. He totally built those guys. He uh, Dan's left alone, haggard, tie undone, one single poker chip left. <laughs> of course. So they deal a new hand for round two. He should have changed for, for a better posterity. Sorry, he should have. It should have started with the Jets tickets down. He should have been playing with those Jets tickets, trying to win his money back. Yeah. Uh, then Bull comes in with Stella. Yep. And Stella is dressed like a like a girl. Nine, she's like in a, a girl. she's in a dress. And Dan looks at her and says, because uh, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, like, you look so pretty. Like, yada, yada, yada. Like, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Dan looks over nonchalantly, says, boy in a dress, big deal. Yeah. Boy in a dress, big deal. I like it. It's very, that's a very New York, like, yeah. So right. Bull and Stella Only are in New York. Only in New York. They Only got plans. They're going to the opera. Yep. So as they're walking out, everyone's Which again is a bit gender spicy. Like, why can't they go throw up? Like, she doesn't. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. I'll drop it. I'm dropping it. Uh, All right. So they at this time, they've dealt the cards, and that's when he makes the crack about, nah, boy in a dress, what's the big deal? And as Stella leaves, she looks over Dan's shoulder at his cards and goes, four of a kind, nice hand fielding. Freeze. Busted. Busted. So if we start, so if we end. Mm hmm. Speaking of four of a kind, does any let's three? I don't know. If that's a worse transition. I was gonna say let's gavel. How many uh, gavel bang time? <sighs> how can I edit time. that tomfoolery <laughs> out? I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Speaking of four of a kind, I gavel bang it a four, but I don't. I gavel bang a five. I actually gavel banged at five too. Yeah, I I wanted to do the same thing and say four, but I was like, it doesn't deserve a four. I was thinking five. It wasn't bad. It was definitely an improvement, and there were really funny moments. It was just the subject matter was a little off, and it was a little rocky. Like I don't think it was very smooth in terms of transitions and stuff. And again, I like it less when there aren't court cases. And we had the we did have the one, yeah, but it, it lasted thirty uh, seconds. That was not a throwaway court case, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's funny, not to be a backseat like showrunner person, but I feel like you could have gotten funnier jokes, which I feel like happens on this show. Is sometimes the characters take a very serious pivot, yeah, and it doesn't ever pay off. Because you could have just played it out and had Bull be like a girl, like I'm I'm an idiot, I don't know anything about girls, and gotten some gags out of it. Right, exactly. Yeah. So we're we're five to cross. We're we have three of a kind, three of a kind, triple fives. 
Bringing it back, just like the show, back to the football. So do we think it's going to pick itself up? Because I'm not digging this season overall. I loved the first episode. Loved it. Yeah. I feel as though the first episode, by the way, did not have our friend Billy, by the way. So I feel we may be in a, let's coin it now, in a Billy suck or... Yeah, a billy hole. Uh, so let's try and we'll we'll make it. We know we'll make it. Yeah. This is a long season. Yeah, we'll crawl and out. We know it's I, the like, billy I literally, season. I don't want to do this, like, and to continue to be negative, but like this one frustrated me. We know like, we got a Michael Richards coming. Me. We know we That's got a Michael true. Richards coming. And Save the next us, one, Kaiser Harry. Is brought in front of the Hague. Oh yeah, and the lead of the Hague is that dude from Mash. <laughs> yes. I don't know. We have to hold on to something. So, with that, I gotta say, I gotta go take my rabbit to see if they can put her head on straight. Quite literally. Heading to the. I'm heading to the vet. We're taking. I gotta take Fran to the vet. The vet her own. Is anything wrong? Uh, she just needs to. Every. By the way. Everything's wrong, but nothing that has come up in emergency. It's just like, you know what? She's looking at me upside down. By the way, if you want to know what I'm talking about, just Google rabbit head tilt. Uh, so she just needs to get checked out, see if make sure she's not in pain or anything, which, yeah, but uh, not an emergency thing. Oh, also, really quickly, if this, when this aired in 1984, the yeah. following weekend game after it aired would have been the Jets at home versus the Indianapolis Colts. They lost nine to five. Ooh, five. Nine to five. Just trying to make a living working. I know it was a tie in. Was Dolly Parton there? Stabney the Coleman before, there? The week before, <laughs> which may have been what the show was actually about, the week before they played the Miami Dolphins at home. It was thirty-one to seventeen that they lost, but it was a record record attendance thus far in the year with seventy-two thousand six hundred fifty-five people. God damn, damn! One of those. T- yep, hard tickets to come by. Well, all right, the night is long and full of weirdos. Have a good you night, courts. <laughs> Look at the schnozzes on these toads. <laughs> We're doomed. <laughs> We're doomed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sleep on it. Oh yeah, you need to sleep on it. Is that the is that the right? Cause I would do anything night court gallows now. I don't know which one of them is the meatloaf song we were talking about, I think. But we were talking season two, episode six, another case in the books. Just a heads up, I'm looking to my right, and Franny is doing well. Uh, she's got drops for the eyes, and she got some penicillin, which is clearing up her potential rabbit syphilis. That's true. And listen to Jerk Practice if you want to find out how much that costs. 
I'll be in the tub with my wrist. Slit. Um, kidding. Suicide joke. Not funny. Terrible. Horrible. You know what's horrible? Don, Don Trump impressions from guys like me. I'm putting them in the... Put That case is over. Gavel banged, gavel banged. Uh, guilty. Uh, anyways, if you like the pod, please go back and listen to some previous episodes. I think you'll dig them. Uh, also, just subscribe to the podcast. Download some episodes. Give us a rating. Super, uh, uh, super, super. Uh, really amazing if you can write a little review. That really helps uh, attract people to the podcast. And then uh, check us out on Facebook. We're at Jerk Practice Pod, and we have a blog. Blad. Hey, we have some blood. We have a blog at uh, uh, it's jerkpractice.com where we talk about the mother podcast, Jerk Practice, available on iTunes and Google Play. Should I mention that? We don't really blog the night court because it's all in the episode, baby. We go extensive. All right, I'm going to go hit myself in the head with a shovel. Night court. Well, I'll tell you, Mac, that is one heck of a sweater you got on today. I'm not giving up my tickets, Dan. Dan, don't beg. I don't mind. I told you no. I want to go to the game myself. Besides, I'm taking my grandfather, who's been looking forward to this for a long time. Your grandfather? He's almost 80 years old. One exciting play could kill him. Dan, no. Fine, go ahead. Play God. These are nice binoculars. I use them to check out cheerleaders when I'm at ball games. Use what? Uh, excuse us, will you, Summer? This is Guy talking. So sorry. Let me go hang myself in the toilet. <laughs> Next case, Your Honor, Arthur Hubble, salt and battery. <clears throat> Hi there, Mr. Hubble. Are you okay? I hate Central Park in autumn. I hate the UN building. I hate bridges. This here, you're an employee of the City Tourism Bureau. I hate New York. Uh, Your Honor, Mr. Hubble was on his way to a seminar on subway hospitality when he was mugged outside of City Hall. They took everything. My wallet, my keys, my cash. And after pleading with several passers-by for bus fare, Mr. Hubble attempted to panhandle from a group of Japanese tourists. They turned him out. And? He mugged them. <laughs> Toronto, the state wishes to submit evidence. We have affidavits from the victims, some shredded yen, and over 70 action-packed photographs of the incident. I hate tourists. Isn't that a little inconsistent with your job, Mr. Hubble? I hate my job. Got it. I hate you. Well, I saw that one coming. It'll be 10 days and a $500 fine. Have a nice day. It's chow time, people. Hi, Bull. Started the math homework? I'm on the last page. They only gave you one page. How'd you know? I know everything. Now hit it. <laughs> Thanks for yelling at me, Bull. I wasn't yelling. Hey, it's okay. It feels good to have a father tell me. I need to have you tell me what to do. I miss that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, well. Come on, move your butt and get a jump on that math. Move your butt! Nobody ever said that to 
me before. Of course, nobody ever lifted a Volvo for me before either. What do you mean you can't get me a pair, Norm? You're a scalper. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You know what I read? I read in the paper that the owner of the team, every week he sends an allotment of tickets over to this, uh, this orphan's home in Queens. Maybe you could... Later, Norm. Well? Well. Did you get the tickets? Almost. Dan, no ticky, no candy. Not to worry. I'm on it. Now what, Sydney? Now what? Sorry, sorry. Don't ever change. You're marvelous. I love you. I get out of here. Yo. Your Honor. Dale reports. Thanks, Alma. You weren't kidding when you said recess, were you? Come on. Inside. Brace yourself. For what? I just caught Andy here sneaking out of the ladies' room. Oh, Andy. A little curious about the opposite sex, are we? Kelly, he is the opposite sex. <laughs> What? He's a girl. Well, rope my feet and call me Dodie. Yes. I know. Yes, Mom, I know I've got some explaining to do. Take a number. Bye. So, how about that space shuttle, huh? We're waiting. None of the volunteer father's places would take girls, so I faked them out. Well, wait a minute. I had thought you had to take a parent and go down there and talk to the social workers and all that stuff. You do. I just found a bag lady at Penn Station and paid her off to go with me. That's where smart people go shopping for mothers. So, nice meeting you. Where are you going? To get my school books. I can wait for my mom out front. Wait a minute. What about Bull? Just tell him I said I'm sorry. You tell him. I can't. He'll be crushed. He'll be crushed. He'll be devastated. He'll fall on somebody. I gotta go. Get back here, sister. You may like the big galoot, but I love him. And when he's depressed, he moans. Not loud, but low, like this. Mmm. And I'm the only one who can hear him when he does it. And I'm not going to go through months of that for anybody. Sit down. boy. Girl. Whatever. Uh-uh. <laughs> Yo. Hi, guys. Hi, Bo. Bo. Hey, Your Honor. You want to kick Billy and Selma out of here so we can tell some dirty jokes? Yeah, maybe we better wait. I just that. heard this one about three Swedish nurses in a canoe. Yeah, well. I know. How'd they get in the canoe? It doesn't matter. Bo. Anyway. <laughs> okay, later. Andy. 
You got your present. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. <laughs> Listen, Bull. Ta-da! Let's move some of the furniture back. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow we can go out to the park and run a few plays. You never know. The kid could grow up and play pro ball. In East Germany, maybe. Did I miss something? I'm afraid so, bro. You're on. My name is Stella. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda has a nice ring to it, right? <laughs> right. Well, I'm a girl. <laughs> Get out of here. Oh, it's true. Timber! <laughs> Take it easy. Sir, if this is one of your dumb jokes... It is no joke, Bull. Billy saw her in the ladies' room. She is without. But this can't be. I mean, I met you and your mom at Penn Station. That wasn't my mom. She doesn't know I've been doing this. I've been lying to her. I've been lying to everybody. How did you do a thing like that to me? Because you went to that place looking for a son. They all come looking for sons. And I thought when I met you that, you know, you were so excited and all, and I thought... What? That I look like a pretty good chump? Well, please. Here, take it. Maybe you can dress it up like a doll. <laughs> oh, hey, it's not as bad as all that. <laughs>